0: Dun, dun dun dun. It's draft day. NHL draft is tonight. Nashville Predators have the 17th pick of the first round. Who might they pick and who should they pick? Those are all topics we're going to be talking about with our draft expert, Eric denay today on a special draft edition of the Lockdown Predators podcast. Plus, more rumblings on Philip Forsberg's contract situation, and the predators have a schedule release. We'll break down some of the big games today on Locked on Predators. Your Locked
1: on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who I'm seeing for the first time in a week. Hi, Ann.
1: Hey, Nick. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com.
0: Yeah. uh, Apparently, don't go on vacation on a 4th of July weekend, uh, or else every news story in hockey breaks, apparently. Yeah. There was
1: there was some stuff going on. Not the big one though. You didn't miss the big one.
0: Yeah, Ryan McDonough. That's that's a that's a fun thing. Yay! Mm -hmm. Yay, McDonough.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about that one?
0: I like Ryan McDonough. Yeah, Yeah. that's I think that's a nifty move. Um, not crazy about all the cap space he commands, but I mean the Preds can do it. You know, they're going to be in cap help from it. So, um, yeah, fine move. All right. It was Excellent. a fine move. Lovely. Uh, of fine moves. It's NHL draft night and lots of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, it's Draft night is fun for me. You know, it's, it's always fun to see like the new blood. You know, you hear about these big prospects all year, you know, sometimes for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. People kind of like grow attached to a couple of them, you know, pick their, you know, they want their favorites. Uh, it's just kind of fun to see where everybody winds up going.
1: Yeah, I do. I love draft night, too. It's a lot to keep track of. That's why we have Eric Danae, who is incredible at keeping track of everything that has to do with young prospects and players. But the thing about draft day that always gets me is I'm always taken aback by just how young these players are. Like if you look back at Ryan Johansson's picture from his draft day, or if you look at Roman Yossi or, you know, any of the players that, you know, Nashville Predators fans are used to seeing, they're just little sprouts when they're drafted. They're so young. So it's, you know, the mom in me loves it and you know it'll be interesting to see what the predators do
0: yeah here's like my like i'm old moment shane Wright, uh the guy a lot of people think is gonna be the Mm -hmm. number one this year uh born in 2004 oh my gosh he's my son's age yeah he's born in 2004 i was a freshman in high school when he was born uh so Yeah. yeah i officially feel old now especially what really gets me is like when, especially when I'm watching, like, college sports, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, you see all these, like, grown men, you know, with giant facial hair, and they're, like, ripped, you know, super tall. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they were born after September 11th. And I was like, dear God, like, they should, how does that happen? Be, like, yay high.
1: Yes. Yeah, I know. It's very startling. Today is my youngest son's 18th birthday. So I'm officially done parenting today. But to sit here and (laughs) think that, (laughs) I mean, legally I am. Uh, But to think that Shane Wright is that age, I mean, what a huge stage. And oh my gosh, that's really, really young. NHL mm-hmm. drafts them so young. They're just little. They're just yeah. young.
0: They're- Bless. Well, we're going to find out what uh, young child the Predators would mm-hmm. like to steal in the nhl draft tonight uh, as we mentioned eric Dene, prospect expert at on the four check.com uh, probably the best homegrown <laughs> all-around draft coverage you'll find anywhere in nashville and a lot of yes. people around nashville will agree with that uh, he's going to be jumping on here shortly to talk about who the predators might be taking with that 17th pick uh, as well as somebody who should uh, be taking who should have the Preds eye uh so yes. sure, uh to stay around for that we'll have that in a second first though some business to take care of including more rumblings on Philip Forsberg and uh David yes. Boyle talking with reporters yesterday during his pre-draft press conference uh said that the Preds are from what he says close to re-signing Philip Forsberg or at least he said closer which mm. I think He word there. Then, you know, the last time he talked to the press, which was a couple of weeks ago, uh, he said that they've offered him an eight year contract uh, that includes both a no movement clause and a no trade clause. Uh, Boyle said, yeah, we don't love that, but uh, made it clear that Forsberg was not going to resign without either of those two things. So it sounds like money um, is the only holdup between uh, Forsberg coming back and potentially hitting the market.
1: I mean, here's where I'm at. Um, I think everybody here in Nashville is emotionally exhausted from this entire process. I can't imagine how Philip Forsberg feels. But one of the reports last week was that, you know, Forsberg was looking for something in the high 8 million. David Poyle was looking for something in the low 8 million. For the love of all that is hockey holy, Sign the man, and if you are squawking over a half a million dollars a year, I'm going to lose my hockey gene. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Sign the man. Like, David Poyle, it feels like he's spending an awful lot of time creating a narrative about this negotiation process. More so than I really feel like he has done before with other players. Um... Stop talking. Start signing.
0: He had a pretty good narrative about uh, 10 years ago with one certain player.
1: That's true. It, it's a little bit like that. It's like a flashback. Like, you know, we, we've done this song and dance. Just stop talking.
0: Just yeah. Start yeah. signing. Well, especially like the line he gave yesterday, uh, and I'm reading the quote here from NHL.com was mm-hmm. when he was talking about his, uh, you know, the no movement clause. He said, quote, we don't love doing that, but Forsberg has made that as part of the negotiations and that will be part of his contract. Uh, basically, he is, he is doing everything to say, look how much we're giving Philip Forsberg. This is bad for the team, but he says he wants it. Uh, like he he is definitely like laying the foundation for like, look at all this stuff we're giving Philip forsberg right um and you are kind of starting to see like you know some of the fans on twitter and stuff you know turn a little bit in the direction of david poyle not a lot but some you know you're seeing there. Yeah. there's like, hey, like i saw like a comment it's like you know maybe forsberg um you know is kind of leading us on about wanting to come back or something like that and you know at that point it's just like no like it's pretty standard for somebody who just did what Philip Forsberg did to ask for a no movement clause. Like that's a pretty right. standard thing. Um, and yeah, if you, if you're going to ask him to stay for eight years to a team, he wants to come back to at pretty much below market value. Uh, if Fact. we're, if we're listening to, um, what some of the other, uh, reporters like Frank Sarvelli says, mm-hmm. um, Philip Forsberg is asking for anything less than $9 million. If you're David Poyle, I don't know why you're playing, like, you know, playing haggle with that. Right, right. I don't know why you're, like, in a marketplace, like, asking, like, you have to meet halfway. If Philip Forsberg is saying, I'm willing to come back for less than $9 million, less than Roman Yossi, to me, you jump on that. To me, it's like, yes, "Yes, we will take that deal. We will give you what you want because this isn't going to hurt us, Cap, long run.
1: Right. I completely agree. And to put out a narrative that like, man, we're just, it's just been brutal. And we're really working hard to get it done. This should be done. Like if the numbers that are floating around out there with some of the NHL insiders are accurate, there's no reason for this not to be done. So fingers crossed. And yet again, I wake up another morning of waking up and thinking maybe today is the day. That yeah. Philip, maybe it's like the the appetizer before the draft is here's Philip Forsberg on a silver platter side. That would be nice.
0: Yeah. Uh and the price of $18 million worth of cap. So like they can definitely use it. Like they, they yeah. it's not gonna hurt them. Uh you got plenty of money left to resign yakov Trennan on a raise, and probably plenty of money to make one or two not huge deals. Um, but, you know, a couple of really good sort of middle-of-the-pack deals bring in some pretty good players to fill out that bad yes. stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the holdup is. Um, mm. Everybody sounds optimistic that's going to happen, uh, but they also sounded optimistic back in March that it was going to happen soon. Very so, true. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to see on that one. Um, yeah, in happier news. And speaking of looking ahead till next year, Preds have released their 2022-23 schedule.
1: Come on,
0: interesting things like a uh, opening the regular season in the Prague, Czech Republic, uh, and a, also a, a preseason game in Bern, Switzerland. Remember, the Preds were supposed to do this uh, in 2021. That, of course, got wiped out uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, kind of a, a fun little start to the schedule, And
1: I'm telling you, if there is any way I can get to either of those, the preseason game in Bern, Switzerland, or I think it's a back-to-back in Prague, I am going to go. Have, I was in Prague for 18 hours once. It was incredible. And then you sit and think, okay, you've got Prague and you've got Predators hockey. And it's just, it is magic, my friend. So if you have a chance to go to Prague and watch the Nashville Predators play there. This is, this is an, an amazing, amazing opportunity for Preds fans and for the team in the global
0: series. I really, I love this one.
1: And I mean, look, going to Switzerland, that's not scrappy seconds either for a, an exhibition game.
0: Yeah. Like any Preds fans that can pull that road trip. Oh, that's gotta be real fun. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple other good uh, games on the schedule, and uh, December, uh, the last game before Christmas is home against Colorado. Oh, uh, gosh, let have a history of some magic with Christmas time games with defending cup champions. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of Fred's fans home for the holidays that day, it should yes. be a huge crowd. Uh, really looking forward to that one. Um, eight home games in November. Pred's going going home heavy right off the bat. They're on the road a bunch in December and January. so uh, Yeah, I, they are. What else stands up to you about the schedule, Ann?
1: Um, love that the home opener is going to be against Dallas. I think that's just fun. On October 13th will be the first home game when they get back from Prague. I wonder how that's going to feel, though, because they only have four days to fly home from Prague, recover time-wise, you know, just um, time change-wise, and then jump right back into their home opener. But hopefully that'll go well against Dallas. That's a great home opener team. And then there are 12 back-to-backs this season, including, which is exhausting to me.
0: <laughs> in, including every weekend in the mar- month of March, besides yes! the first, besides the first weekend. Yeah. Um, Which which makes you think it's going to be a uh, (laughs) another kind of gauntlet down the stretch.
1: Yeah. March is going to be last season's April. And I don't think any of us have fully emotionally recovered from how that went down. So March is going to be tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, that also includes a West Coast road trip. They have a back to back against Winnipeg and then they go to New York to play. Uh, they got Seattle and Toronto at home in a back-to-back, so it's going to be kind of a uh, little bit of an interesting matchup here uh, for the Predators in April. Um, they do have an entire week and a half off in January and February, so yeah, maybe maybe rest up for those road trips there. Um, there you go. Yeah. So if you want to check the, file the full schedule, the Preds have it on their website. Go ahead, start planning. Um, yeah, go ahead and start planning your road trips for next year. Let us know if there's a specific game or a specific stretch that stands out to you. Uh, tweet us at l o underscore Predators. Comment on YouTube. Um, yeah, we, we're curious to know your thoughts on the schedule and if there's like a specific game or week that you really have your eye on. Um, so yeah, let us know that. Uh, we got some draft stuff to take care of, though. We're going to be talking with Eric Dene in just a second. He, of course, is our Draft expert, he's going to tell us who he thinks the Preds are going to draft and uh, who the Preds should be targeting with that 17th pick. Uh, first, though, I wanted to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar and their new flavor, Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. You've heard the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. It's now in a puff form. That's right. Coconut brownie chunk puff built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. And what's better than that? But... Hey, it's not just a sweet treat. They're good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, but still 100% delicious. The Ketch's Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time. So you got to go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of other health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Bars, of course, is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, if you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you just need a quick snack on the go. They're an excellent source of protein that will keep you full much longer. If coconut brownie is not your thing, they got plenty of other great flavors like cinnamon churro, mud pie, brownie batter, pretty much any flavor that you can come up with. Built Bars got you covered. So go check out what they have on their website now. Go to built.com and use promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, as we mentioned, it is the NHL draft a big day for the NHL, a big day for people who follow prospects, who kind of like watching juniors and European hockey. It is a big day and because it's a big day, we need a big guest and
1: we do. And we have got them. We are going to talk to Eric Dene He is one of our counterparts at OnTheForecheck.com, And he does all of our prospect coverage. And like Nick said earlier, you are probably not going to find somebody who has a better handle on all of the young players coming up through all of the different systems, whether Here in North America or in Europe, Eric knows them all. And so I got a chance to sit down with Eric to talk to him about just generally how he feels about this year's draft, how he thinks the first pick is going to go. And of course, we dive in and talk about what he thinks the Predators are going to do. All right, Eric. So let's jump right into this overview of the 2022 draft. How do you view this year's draft class when you compare it to, say, last year's draft class? Better, worse? Where did they fall for you?
2: Yeah, um, I think definitely worse. Um, as a whole, this draft is, is pretty average, um, maybe below average. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's fairly deep. I think there's a good, um, you know, like a list, a good number of players, I think could go on to have NHL careers. But uh, there's not anyone here that I think you're really drafting. There's no generational talent. And I think there's uh, just a few mm-hmm. players that could maybe become you know, uh, absolutely elite. So, a uh, weaker draft overall um, compared to last year and especially compared to next year.
1: Yeah. And we talked before we started recording, real quick, about the situation with Russia and, you know, Fedotov and all of that. You know, just your personal opinion, how risky do you think it's going to be? For GMs to draft a Russian player, do you think there's going to be an air of caution about that when it comes to the draft? How do you how do you think that's going to play out?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there was already going to be. You know, it seems likely that even before Ivan Fedotov was arrested, the Flyers prospect recently, that there was kind of going to be a lot of Russian prospects were going to fall um, for a variety of reasons. You know. The NHL GM club is not the most, uh, most, uh, I guess, risk taking group of people in the world. But I think that's slowly mm-hmm. changing, um, you know, with uh, the uncertainty surrounding Fedotov and now Kirill Kaprasov and, and other prospects as well. Uh, you kind of have to wonder, you know, teams are certainly doing their due diligence on their own prospects they already have and figuring out if they're right. in any sort of, uh, you know, danger right now. Um And you have to imagine that'll influence how teams operate, um, this week, uh, at the draft, you know, if if you're a team like Arizona and you have a lot of picks, then, um, you know, you can probably take more, you know, swings for the fences. And the beauty of Russian prospects is, um, you hold their rights indefinitely, um, Mm -hmm. unlike players drafted from other leagues, uh, you know, whereas a team... Uh, with fewer picks, you know, Nashville currently doesn't have a second round pick. Uh, maybe that factors into uh, uh, their, you know, willingness to take a player that A, is probably going to take a while longer to come over and B, um, you know, more so than year, many years, uh, you know, many of the recent years uh, may not come over at all. So uh, it will be interesting to see right. kind of who, who has what strategy um, on, on Thursday and Friday.
1: Yeah, it's definitely made this a more complicated storyline as you look ahead to the draft. So let's jump right in. Let's talk number one draft pick. I'm not sure that this is a super big mystery. I don't think you have to be Scooby-Doo to figure out who's going to go number one. But let me ask you, who do you think is going to be the number one pick in the draft and why?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me all season long, I would have said Shane Wright. Uh, Mm -hmm. I still think there's a very good chance that Shane does go first overall but uh just smoke or or, uh, or serious consideration um i will say the montreal canadians are doing a good very good job of, of making people think that that might not be the case um so pretty much all year mm-hmm. rate has been um has been number one but not uh you know a clear runaway number one and he didn't you know again bear in mind he did not play all of last year because COVID shut down the OHL season, but he didn't have the draft year. He had a very good draft year, but he didn't have the draft year that you look at and say, you know, that guy's number one by a mile. Um, And uh, a couple players behind him, most notably Uri Slavkovsky, had draft Mm -hmm. years um, that have significantly moved them up. Um, You know, in terms of number one, it's kind of a three-horse race. The Canadians had said earlier this week between... Right, Szczykowski and uh, Logan Cooley, who's a center with the U.S. National Team Development Program. Um, I really see it more as a two-horse race. Um, mm-hmm. Who's a bit of a unicorn, and that he's a sub-six-foot potential first-line center. There's not many of them in the NHL. Brayden points really the big example. Um, you know, again, if you would ask me every day up until this week, I would say right without a doubt. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Seems serious and it seems like the devils who hold the number two pick seriously think that it could be slikovsky going at number one uh instead so we'll really see the canadians aren't really tipping their hand um if i had to put money on it i guess i would still put money on right but i wouldn't feel comfortable with that bet at all so
1: yeah it's gonna be one and two with them you think right and slavkowski one way or the other yeah
2: yeah um how
1: soon yeah. How soon, when you look at a player like uh, Shane Wright or Slavkoski, how soon do you see them landing in a place where they're earning some NHL ice time? What kind of trajectory do you see those you know, players of that caliber in this draft on?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, it depends on where they're going, right? You know, like Montreal is sure. going to need minutes from a lot of guys this upcoming year um although maybe not apparently they're serious about training for jt miller so uh we'll see oh. <laughs> um but um oh, yeah. like you know could shane wright play in the nhl next season yes i think he's a smart enough player he's a good enough skater he can survive that uh would i be rushing to play shane wright or Yoris sarkovsky in the nhl next year no you know especially if if I'm a team that's going to be at the lower end of the standings anyway. I, I think both probably need another year before they're full time. Um, true NHL players, um, Cooley, maybe a year or two. Um, you know, honestly, it's interesting if I had to pick a player or two from the draft that I would feel most comfortable playing full time in the NHL next year, um, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't even be any of those three. But, um, you know, that just kind of speaks to the positions they play teams they're going to, uh, and what you're kind of expecting out of them. So um, they're not far off, but, um, you know, uh, Subkotsky will be playing full-time in the Finnish league next season and and should tear it up, and I think that'll be a good stepping stone to uh, a full season in NHL
1: okay now you have me curious who is the player that you think could see NHL time
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I guess if I if I had to pick it would be one of uh, Adam Nemitz or, or David Yek who are the two right shot defensemen um, that typically will you know kind of round out the top five in a lot of uh, draft boards so um, mm-hmm. not so much because they're better players right now than the first three but um, they uh, they just kind of have a, a, a smartness and a, a stability to their game that Again, if I absolutely had to throw them in for 82 games, like, I wouldn't feel, it wouldn't be the worst in the world. I'd rather not, but if I had to, then, you know. They could step up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Coming up, Eric's gonna give us his inside look at what he suspects the Predators may do with pick number 17. But first wanna let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of cars and trucks on the road today, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why go and endure pointless and countless questions about your car and wait while somebody behind a counter, checks their computer to see what part they may or may not have in stock for you. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com you can save time and money when you use rock auto why would you choose to spend 30 50 or hundred percent more for the exact same part from a chain store or car dealership rock auto is a family business they've been serving do-it yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything that your car or truck could ever need go to their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com So now we get down to the nitty gritty and Eric tells us what he expects the Nashville Predators to be looking for in the draft this season. Okay, so let's focus in on the Nashville Predators. The Predators in round one have pick number 17. Who are a few likely names that you think the Predators may look at at that point in the first round?
2: Yeah, so I think the big name that they're interested in is pavel minchikov who's a defenseman for the saginaw spirit of the ohl the downside is i think um most teams that pick from the 10 to 20 range are also uh very interested in minchikov so um i don't expect him to be available at 17 uh but you know things could happen you never really know um his stock has really been rising this year uh he's you know uh positive player in all three zones um a really exciting defender who kind of was given freedom to do whatever in saginaw this year and 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 really impressed in his first full ohl year leading um all a draft eligible ohl defenders in scoring um and he's no slouch defensively as well so assuming he's gone which i think is probably likely um i think there's a couple other defensemen that will be available that um they, they do and should have their eyes on um, the two that come to mind are, are Leon Bischel, who's a, a Swiss defender uh, who's um, a little over 6'5 and already 225 pounds. Uh, he's absolutely That's massive. David Poyle's <laughs> love
1: language. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen a lot of concerns that uh, Bischel is just kind of like a huge guy and like that's the only thing he really brings to the table. And I don't think those are really mm-hmm. fair. Um, I think he's he's actually a really good skater for for that size and playing weight right now. Um, he uh, you know he's got a lot. I think a good amount of offensive upside. He's not like you know the most creative puck handler in the world. Like you know maybe Mitch mm-hmm. is, but um, you know he does um, <clears throat> he does have a lot of offense in him, and he played full time in in the SHL this year, um, which is the Swedish Pro League, uh, and then on top of that. Um, you know he's, he's just a, a menace defensively right he's huge and he's 18 years yes. old uh he defends well against the rush you know um you obviously have some natural concerns about his speed against faster forwards his pivot timing all that stuff and his offensive ceiling at higher levels but you know he's 18 there's room to grow on the skating and it's really not bad um and in front of the net and along the boards uh you know he can be impossible to deal with so um
1: Gosh, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I like Bishal's game, and then I guess the other one or two that are almost opposite of him are two Western League defensemen, uh, Owen Pickering and, and uh, Den Matejak. Uh Pickering's also about six five. Um, the difference between him and Bishal is he plays like he's six five eleven. Uh, he has grown <laughs> almost a, he's grown almost a foot over the past three years. So I think there's oh, like wow. Right. I think there's a bit of uncomfortability in his body that he's still just kind of working out what exactly it means right. to be 6'5 and how you play like that. Um, very good, very good skater. Um, I think higher offensive ceiling than Bischel. Um, you know, can be prone to the turnover here in the offensive zone. I really think a lot of my issues with his game that are mostly can be attributed to, again, you know, he's 6'5, but he doesn't have the NHL strength that Bishop does. And like, Filling that out, I think, will unlock a few more things compared to Denton Matejchuk, who's about 5'11", and probably isn't growing much beyond that, but Mm -hmm. is 200 pounds, you know, had a Roman Yossi-esque season in the Western Hockey League, um, touches the puck more than any other defenseman in the league on a nightly basis, um, leads literally every rush, and if he's not leading it, he is, like, right there with it um i mean anything moose jaw did in transition this year he was involved in um and he loves to have the puck on a stick executes really good passes has a good shot um his defense within the zone once the other team established possession can get a little dicey here and there nothing that's not fixable um mm-hmm. but the big takeaway with matechuk is again like he loves to have the puck on a stick and he has the puck on a stick all the time so um a few defensemen there that kind of all bring something different to the table um and i think uh one of those three will probably be the the way they end up going
1: who are a few players that you think of that you wouldn't mind the predators picking up in some of the later rounds
2: yeah is there anyone so this, that you're
1: really hoping they get they get
2: yeah the tough thing is they don't have a second round pick so uh it's going to be about, for now there's going to be about a 66 pick gap between their first round and their first third round pick um and within that they're missing out on a lot a lot of players i'm interested in um i think the first one that comes to mind is isaiah george uh he's a defenseman for the Lions. yeah he uh i think the most likely scenario he's probably gone in the 60s or the early 70s um it honestly depends on how far some of the russian prospects fall um, but if he's available mm-hmm. at 82, I think that'd be a huge pickup. Um, he doesn't didn't score a ton of points this year. Um, but you know, London is is typically stingy with giving ice time to their younger players. And by the end of the year, he was their best defenseman. Um, he's so smart. Uh, I think he's a really intelligent player, um, is so good at keeping the play and keeping opposing forwards in front of him. And um and is a really excellent skater on top of that. So he's one. And then I feel like I've talked about defensemen so much, so I'll throw in a forward. <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh, forwards in this kind of group that I, I like, um, but I don't love, which again is is kind right. of uh, you know theme of this draft. But one forward I'll, I'll plug is uh, Jake uh, Jake Richard, um, who plays for Muskegon in the USHL. Um mm-hmm. he I think will be probably a fourth round pick, uh roughly. Um from Florida, grew up in Florida. Um, one of the youngest players in this draft class. He's eligible um by just a couple of weeks. Um and, oh, wow. yeah, and on top of that, he was near the while being so young, he was near the top of this US USHL draft class. Um in scoring and and most importantly even strength um primary point scoring as well so um he doesn't do anything amazing um but i really like the tools he has i like his skating i think he's really good with the puck um one thing that's impressed me a lot is he shows really good puck protection skills from a young age um Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: uh he's a player that i i wouldn't mind them grabbing there in the fourth round so
1: all right, Eric, where can the people find your work?
2: Sure, uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at OnTheFutureOTF. Uh, and then all my writing, including use uh, for, for every pick the Preds have for the draft, um, my final um, 96 player um, draft ranking. Um, and then after the draft, I'll be doing a video breakdown of every, um, every pick that, that Nashville has. Um, you can find all that at onthe dot com.
0: right. And positions. Do you think the uh, Preds are going to pick a defenseman tonight?
1: I do. I think the Predators in the first round are going to take a defenseman. Although there's a part of me that's like, just for fun, mix it up and grab a goalie. It's like drafting a puncher in the first round.
0: <laughs> yeah. There you no. go. <laughs> just to watch the world burn.
1: Why not? Why not? Yeah. No, I think they're going to take a defenseman. I think there's going to be a couple of good options there for them at the 17th pick. You know, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, I feel like the Preds are kind of in a uh, position where they can probably take the best available because they need a lot of different people in that pipeline. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, wouldn't mind seeing a defenseman. I mean, they definitely need to find somebody that else can play, but you know, if there's somebody kind of there in the middle, like, um, you know, Min Kukoff or Savoy mm-hmm. who, who falls down to 17, then the Preds probably have an opportunity to jump all over them.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think so much of what the Predators do at 17 is all going to depend on the route that the first 16 teams make. You know, we did uh, we did the uh, locked on NHL's mock draft yesterday. We'll see how accurate everybody was. Maybe somebody's going to fall through the cracks and David Poyle's going to find himself a prize at 17.
0: Yeah. Let's hope so. Uh, that would be, yeah. uh, that would be great for everybody all around. Uh, so we'll have to see, of course, tomorrow we'll have our draft recap show. We'll get you caught up on everything that can happen. Our thoughts on the pick. Maybe there's a big move. Maybe Forsberg's got a new contract. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff that can go down on draft night. So be sure you're tuning in tomorrow for all of the recap on the craziness. Until then, Anne, where can the people find your work online?
1: You can find my work at OnTheForeCheck.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan you can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Read my work at OnTheForeCheck.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Helps other Preds fans find this content as well. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with your full NHL draft recap.